Welcome to the Zwift SBS podcast. Zwift is the app that turns indoor training into a game. With structured workouts, training plans and massive online group rides to make your training fun. Because fun is results. Fun is fast. Go to Zwift.com and start your free trial. Bonjour, bonjour, bonjour. Welcome to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. And today we have, of course, Dave McKenzie with me. How are you, Dave? In person, no oh. mask, no gloves. Um, I'm ready to go. No, it's fresh, fresh oh, stuff. No, I know, we just touch wood. That's wood, isn't it? Yes, yeah. feeling good now. We feel have... positive about the year ahead. Uh, yeah, absolutely. We have a, a special podcast for you today because we have three guests. Three guests from one team. It's the presentation, of course, to the media, to the bike exchange team. Pretty exciting. It is. Did you have to just think then? You got you got the name right, Bike Exchange. Yeah, yeah. Well done. <laughs> new bikes, new kits, new you, jerseys. They're not. Yeah, they they they're they're actually good. not the only team changing everything, but mm. this is the one we have interest in. Yep. And joining us, it's uh, you know one of our best friends in that team. Oh, anyway, she's she's golden. Yeah, Amanda Sprat, uh, all the way from Spain. How are you, Spratty? Yeah, good. Thank you. Good to be on the pod again. Uh, Amanda, this is your first time you've stayed in Europe. You're staying through winter. You're down in southern Spain. The weather's always a little bit kinder down there, but um, what's it been like so far staying home? I'm guessing, no doubt, you're missing Australia just a little bit. Yeah, I'm a bit jealous, uh, yeah, seeing everyone in T-shirt and then singlet back home. And, yeah, I think my body just misses feeling that warmth and heat. Uh, yeah, it's normally be 35, 40, wouldn't it, at this time of year. So that's been a bit of a challenge, and I spent a lot of time in Italy and then Switzerland as well. So uh, it was getting cold. Uh, I was doing sort of four or five hour rides with minus one, minus two, minus three average temperatures. Um, and just, yeah, trying to think of, you know, warm thoughts to get through all that. Um, so it's been a challenge, but also I kind of like the challenge of it and that I was able to get through it all and I didn't skip a session. Um, and now the reward has been sort of getting to Spain and feeling a bit warmer and getting with the team. So uh, it's been a good challenge, I think. Um, but I have heard it's been one of the coldest winters I've had in a very, very long time. So I think, yeah, I picked a rough one to hang around for. <laughs> uh, new name for the team uh, and a lot of changes as well in the team. Let's talk about this and then your role in the, in the years to come. Of course, we talked many times about Anamik going. Can you say or can we say that you are going to take more of, even more of a senior role in this team in the, in the years to come? Yeah, I think definitely. Um, obviously, with Anamik leaving, it, yeah, it does put me more in that leader leader role and something, yeah, a role I'm really ready to embrace, I think, and, and it's sort of time, I think, for me to do that and have a little bit more pressure. Um, but I think for me it's just really, really exciting to see how the strength of our whole team can really, really grow. And you saw, you know, Grace Brown got the opportunity at the end of last year when Anamik and I were both out and all of a sudden, you know, she showed the strength that we, we've all seen over the years, but often she's been in that role where she's had to work before that and not have that opportunity. So I think she's a perfect example of someone that can really step up as well. And just overall, our, our team, I think, you know, our strength will be how, how we can work together, which is something I'm really exciting to sort of contribute to and be challenged by the girls as well. Amanda, last year, obviously with the whole COVID thing and it, it basically threw the season all over the place, the cards were thrown up in the air and I love it how you mentioned Grace Brown because she got an opportunity and she grabbed it with both hands. Do you think now for many teams in the women's peloton, it will change some of the names that we'll see sort of at the head of affairs because of what we saw last year, women got an opportunity 
and now you know you'll you'll be back and I'm sure you'll have similar goals to what you've had in the past but you might have a few more competitors as well yeah I think so and I think there's just been a bit of a changing landscape as well in the women's peloton heading into next year we've seen you know some riders move um yeah, we've got a lot of top riders spread across a lot of the different teams and so more people are getting more opportunities and, yeah, just the calendar as well is getting, you know, every year we're getting more races. Um, I think hopefully finally the Rebay will actually happen this year, a race like that where different riders have opportunities and you are seeing more and more in the women's peloton sort of people starting to specialise a bit more in races, whether that's the Cobbled Classics or the Ardennes or more something like the Giro. So that's giving more riders um, more opportunities as well, which is something really exciting and sort of a step forward for women's cycling. You talked about the, the, the calendar. Uh, I mean, how can we be sure this calendar this year, you know, it's been so much disruption last year with the COVID. Uh, we know the situation in Europe. We're fa fairly fortunate here in, in Australia, but how confident are you about the calendar going ahead as it stands as a normal calendar? Um, I'm hopefully hopeful, confident, I guess, um, that it can all go ahead. But yeah, I mean, yeah, we're seeing the numbers really rise um, with COVID here and restrictions coming in place. And so I guess, you know, like we learned last year, things could change really at the last minute. Um, I think I have confidence in, you know, races like Flanders, the Flanders Classics. I think they really showed last year what is possible. And I think it was pretty amazing that I think, yeah, you kind of saw the Belgians love cycling so much that they were willing to sit at home and watch it if it meant that it could still be on. And we really saw that as, as bizarre as it was racing up the Eau de Quaramont with zero spectators or, you know, no beer thrown on us or cheers or anything. That was really strange. But if that means the race can go on, then that's what they're willing to do. So that sort of gave me confidence that races like that can can go ahead. But I think, yeah, it will. we may see some of the smaller races that, you know, don't have the resources and the money. Um, this could be an issue, yeah. Talking about last year and then comparing it to this year, how will you, you guys travel around this year because of COVID uh, to races? Will you be on the plane? Will you be in cars? Like, how will that work this year? Will it be any different to last season? Yeah, I think it'll be pretty similar to, to how we did it last year. We have... Um, yeah, mixture of flights when they're when it's possible, and as well as driving. Um, we have a pretty strict COVID protocol with the team, which has been good, and we're getting tested yeah two to three times before we go to a race, as well as you know at the races itself. So I think we'll continue to do that um, and continue to live in our team bubbles before and before and during the race, which is yeah shown to be pretty effective so far. After you, I think we to, we're talking to your new uh, your new teammate uh, Tino Campbell. What can we what can you say about her? Uh, you've posted a a very interesting uh, Instagram picture, I think, with you and her jumping and spot the sprinter but uh how, how do you get on with her and then what, what could she bring to the team yeah no she's been really really great to have on the team um i was trying to teach her some aussie slang just before so i'm hoping she'll bust out some on the podcast for you guys as you do, as you do. <laughs> good stuff good love it absolutely love it <laughs> It was awesome to have you on a, on the podcast. I think we uh, we will wish you uh, all the best for for the years ahead, and you've always been good sport with us. So uh, best of luck, uh, Spavi. No, thanks, guys. Always great to have a chat. Hi, Daniel. Hi, Daniel. We name me. Oh my God, <laughs> she's done it. No, <laughs> don't do the Australian slang. It's bad. I can't believe they've already taught you some. <laughs> Oh, no. Have you recorded that? Yeah, it's recorded. Yeah. <laughs> so you've settled into the team then? Yeah. It's uh, really fun. I love it. It's a really good environment. <laughs> so 
Tanil, you, you, uh, you, your first year with uh, Back Exchange, uh, and t talk to us about your, your journey so far and, 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 and what you've been finding out with uh, working with the girls like Amanda Sprat. She's had some very good words for you. Uh, but how is it like for you to be in, at, at this level? Uh, it's uh, fantastic, you know, because this has actually been my dream team um, ever since I was at the World Cycling Center. I just always uh, wanted to to come to the Team Bike Exchange, and um, I'm really happy and excited that I'm here now today to continue developing. Um, the girls, they are amazing. I, I can already tell that I'm going to learn so much from them, and I'm really looking forward to it. Um, for my journey, I mean, it wasn't easy. Um, but, you know, is a, you have to have like a really strong mindset and I'm really grateful to have that. Um, and I think I should be thankful for the people I surround myself with. They, they are really core in getting me to where I am here today because, yeah, I am an athlete. Sometimes, you know, we have our low moments in life. So to have them keep me on track and everything like this, um, yeah. It has been great. And, uh, Tio, I understand you're the first, I think, male or female cyclist from the Caribbean to be in a world tour team. How does how does that make you feel? Because you're creating a bit of history um, for your nation. It's it's quite amazing. But how does it make you feel? If you want my honesty, um, I don't really study it. I keep uh, working and looking ahead. Um, for me, it will be more special if I can create patterns ways for the others to to come up and to experience this and to live their dreams because you know when i go home is the first thing i hear um they wish they wish they could have um be in this position as well um they are so proud to have me um representing the nation and the caribbean um diaspora but uh deep down i would like to to give back is give back um through if it is that um I well now I'm here. I have um, more resources, so if I can guide them, if I can uh, uh, help in some way to get equipment to them, to you know create a good structure and organization. So yeah, the pathway for the other generation is more clear and easier because yeah, it wasn't easy for me. I really went through the system from juniors till now. I mean, join, joining a team like this. Uh, what, what's your planning for the year? Do you already? have targets as the team already set some 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 set targets for you and then what, what's your program i guess yeah the the main target for me on the team is to develop and what better way to be surrounded by so many experienced riders and staff so yeah i'm really looking forward to to really learning from them i think is a it's a critical phase in my career and i know i'm in the right place to to really develop and propel forward I think you're being a little bit modest, Tanil, because I had a quick look through. You, did, you had limited races, obviously, like a lot of riders last year, but you did well in a couple of the Northern Classics. Now, I can't imagine what the average temperature is in your homeland, but I dare say it's quite a bit colder in places like Belgium and Holland. What, how do you think you excelled or why do you excel, do you think, in the northern part of uh, Europe? I think because the terrain is not so... The climbs are steep and short. And, I mean, we don't have cobbles at home, but we have short and steep climbs. So I'm used to that type of terrain. So I think is for these reasons. Um, the 
old. Uh, yeah, that's just a, a mental block. Like you just gotta spin fast and stay warm type of thing. <laughs> and, um, what what yeah, is the average temperature in your homeland? Uh, around thirty something degrees. Uh, oh, wow. Right now, uh, my family is actually complaining because they say, "Ah, it's the coldest we have ever seen in Trinidad, eighteen degrees." I was like, "Ah, this is perfect for me. I can go out in some some shirts and, and I'll be fine." <laughs> But um, yeah, <laughs> how is all this received back home? We know Trinidad Tobago. There's a big history of of sprint, uh, track and field, uh, but cycling, as we, we mentioned, not so much. How is this all received by the national press, by by the media, by your friends, by your family? Um, everyone is proud. Everyone is super excited. Uh, they, I don't know. Quite frankly, everyone saw it from in me from early that I was a bit special and uh, different. I don't know, it, it was uh, my work ethic, uh, my mentality. So I think deep down they expected, well, most people expected it. Some uh, are a bit surprised, but um, so far uh, based on my journey and uh, everyone is actually coming together, being more supportive, uh, more excited, uh, anxious about how much I can do and um, keep inspiring the other generation and stuff like this. So, yeah, it's really exciting times. And most interestingly is not within Trinidad and Tobago alone. It's within the Caribbean because, like I said, I came up through the system, through the Junior Caribbean Championship. So everyone know me. They know my development. They live uh, so much dreams through me. So it's really exciting for everyone. And, yeah, just... They're just excited to see what happens next. Yeah, and um, just on the Olympics, I imagine not just yourself, but uh, quite a number of women, of course, Amanda Spratt, would be having your fingers crossed that the Olympics go ahead. For you, that would be, I guess, a really uh, big goal this year, apart from obviously your season with the team. Yeah, the Olympics has always been a dream. I mean... You know, the, the tongue is really powerful, eh? Because when I was in university, I would always tell my friends, yeah, I'm going to the Olympics, just wait on it. <laughs> and yeah, now I, uh, <laughs> I qualified and um, it's really exciting for me, but uh, I'm not putting pressure on myself. Um, I'm going to do all the hard work. Uh, I definitely know um, I'll be in the best shape of my life, for sure. And uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to the day I can't predict what will happen is a bike race and it's only me. I don't have uh, any teammates, unfortunately. So, uh, yeah, I'll also be running on some luck. And, uh, um, yeah, you see what happens. I'm really excited. Now, Esteban Chavez is a Colombian adopted Australian. I, I know you've, uh, Sprati has been teaching you a bit of a, a lingo and stuff. Did, did Esteban warn you saying, you know, this team is a, something a bit special for the Australians? You can become an adopted Australian in this team. But you got to learn <laughs> no. the lingo. No, he, he didn't tell give me this uh this heads up as yet. <laughs> but yeah, for sure I think to myself uh learning quite a lot of us Aussie slangs and I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> it's really fun. Yeah, I think that when you get off this interview, just go and have some stern words to Esteban and say, Listen, we've been told by SBS I should have been warned. You didn't warn me, he should be in trouble. He's a cheeky little man, Esteban. Yeah, absolutely. Indeed, <laughs> <laughs> it was a pleasure to meet you, and hopefully we'll, uh, we'll meet you in real life somewhere down the line uh, this year, hopefully. Best of luck for this year. 
Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Now in the podcast, we've got uh, someone that's been on the podcast before many times. Of course, it's Michael Matthews. How are you? Bling. How are you, Michael? Yeah, super. How are you guys? Pretty we, well. We are pretty good. Uh, have you been enjoying the rays down in Spain? I hope it's been sunny and, well, hopefully a little bit warmer than where you've come from. Yeah, it's actually been really bad weather in Monaco. So um, it's nice to nice to be down here in Spain, especially yeah with the team again. Um, it's, uh, I've just integrated and it feels like uh, I had never left. So, yeah, it's definitely a really nice... Uh, Nice introduction to the team, especially with nice weather, and we've been doing some big days. I think we've done over 25 hours in in five days now, so we've got some good time to catch up with all the guys while we're riding, and um, yeah, just enjoying ourselves. So you said you said like you feel like you never left, but uh, some things must have changed in you. You've got so much more experience. You've got you know you bring this experience from a different team. If things haven't changed for you, what can you bring to the team uh, with all this experience you gained somewhere else? Yeah, I think I can bring a lot. Um, I've learned a lot about myself, um, how I can be better personally um, through different periods of the year, um, mentally and physically, I guess. Um, but uh, yeah, I think being here, it just I can, I can be myself. I don't need to try and be someone else, um, which is probably the best thing you can get out of me. Uh, Michael, guys like uh, most, I was going to say, a lot of the riders have moved on since when since you were there initially, but guys like Luke Durbridge, Michael Hepburn, Cam Meyer, and of course, being Australians, how important was it for you when I guess you made the decision to come back that you still had a core group of guys that you knew well, and Australians at that, I guess, um, you know, you say you feel like it's you've come home, but how important was that? Yeah, I think you probably feel it more in the hard times when everything's not going so well. Um, I think in the good times, you can sort of get along with, uh, with most people, but um, yeah, I think just arriving back here, it is it is a new team, like we say. Um, there is a lots of new riders, um, also new staff. But to be honest, the I think the the team that's still here has done a really good job in integrating the new people into the same culture that it's been from the start. Um, I think that's why for me it feels like I haven't left because, yeah, the culture is still the same. They're still having so much fun, always joking and just enjoying ourselves which is like the Aussie lifestyle it's if I think it's way too hard of a job to do if you're not enjoying yourself and yeah having guys that were in the team before um, makes it easier for me to integrate again but like I said um, they've I think taught the the culture to the new guys and um, yeah the culture lives on. I'm not sure if you've actually said this in other interviews Michael but was there one person or was there one key element that made you make that decision to to come back because we know I think if we go back sort of to last season and yes it was interrupted we all expected you to do the Tour de France then you weren't on that squad so probably a little bit of disappointment there but was there one sort of catalyst I guess reason that made you say yep I'm coming back um probably not one I would say there was a few um I think when I was going through the sort of hard times um, during the start of the start of the year, um, I was speaking a lot uh, with with Whitey and also with Jerry, and they were super supportive um, through that period. And I, I try and keep track of and keep in touch with all the Green Edge guys because yeah, um, we have a lot uh, in common and we really enjoy each other's company. So I'm always in contact with them, um, and I think. When I did 
make the decision to to contact Green Edge to see if there was a possibility to come back. Um, the the feedback that I got from Matt White and Jerry Ryan themselves um, just it was incredible. Um, the the feeling that they gave me during that hard time that they still believed in me that I could win the biggest races in the world and already starting to make race programs for me when I was still yeah just only halfway through the season that we were just doing in in, in another team. So I think. For me, that that belief uh, was probably the biggest thing that drew me back, um, and the positive vibes, and yeah, how to do it, you know, like the process of how we're going to get there, um, not just like oh, we're going to win this and that's it. No, it's more like the building up to to something, and that's something I've always enjoyed is the pathway to succeed, um, not just the outright goal. And um, I think this team has done really well on making stepping stones to getting guys to to achieve their dreams with jerry being back on board i think full gas for for this year and the next years um he wants to be a lot more involved which is awesome for me i love how positive he is about cycling and all these ideas and stuff so um that was really great and having whitey by my side again i think um yeah is what i needed for sure for this part of my career yeah i mean you mentioned race program is it too early to talk about the race program for this year meaning you know we're not too sure around the calendar as well uh, but for you what are the key targets what are the key objectives uh this year that you would want to sort of highlight um yeah i think my race program is not going to change too much from other years um yeah maybe add the olympics in there if, if i if i make the team um i think It seems like a pretty good course um, for me. So maybe the, the last climb, I need to really study a bit to see if it's if it's really possible to get over that. But um, yeah, the same as always, really. Um, I haven't really ticked off too many of my goals, unfortunately. So um, I've been close on a lot of them. But I think now with uh, with this team, with uh, what we're doing to build up to those those goals I've been trying to achieve the last years hopefully we can um, hopefully we can tick them off but um, yeah like main goal for the start of the season will be San Remo um, then I think we got Flanders along the at the end of the classics which will be another big goal and then to the Ardennes from there um, which is yeah always a, a highlight of my year I, I love that big that big period from um, from San Remo to uh, to Flanders so That's um, that's probably the biggest goal for the start, and then yeah, hopefully the tour can happen, and um, we can have a make some no, more nice memories there from from the last years, and then yeah, the worlds um, in Bel in Belgium. So yeah, it's pretty stock standard um, as as it always has been for me. Nothing really changes too much, but uh, yeah, hopefully can try and outdo my 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 last years. And uh, new bikes? How are the new bikes? Yeah, awesome. Um, came from Savello last year to, to Bianchi this year. Um, my last memory was actually winning the World Championships on a Bianchi so in 2010. So I definitely have fond memories of the bike. Um, it's improved a lot since then. Um, really aerodynamic now and stiff and with disc brakes. Yeah, I'm super, super happy. We have a sprint bike and a climbing bike, um, which are both the best in their areas. And um, yeah, also the TT bike. We did some testing on the track uh Three days ago now, or two days ago now, and um, yeah, super fast. Um, really happy with all the three bikes, and um, yeah, I think just being back with the Italian culture of the bikes also is uh, super nice. That how passionate they are 
about their bikes and um, now everywhere around Monaco and uh, when we ride into Italy, I'm seeing Bianchi's everywhere. So, no, it's super nice. I think the culture of, of this team and every, every, all the sponsors around, it's just, yeah, I'm super happy. Of course, we know that uh, half of the Yates are gone from the team. Uh, what do you think that would change in terms of the, the culture of the team? Uh, or would he actually change anything in that culture of the team? I think we'll definitely miss Adam. He was a big key uh, to our team. Um, but yeah, he saw an opportunity with Ineos and um, he, he took it. So I think, yeah, we'll see how, how he goes there. Um, I can only wish him all the best. But um, yeah, I think... Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he can go there and if he can um, step up to another level above where, where he was here. But, um, yeah, that we'll have to wait and see. But, uh, yeah, between me and Simon, we've been riding together, I think, every single day for the last 25 or so hours on the bike that we've done um, this week. So, yeah, it's really good to catch up to him, with him and also hearing about Adam, how he's going there and um, in Ineos. And, um, but, yeah, I think... Yeah, like I said, we're all we're all pretty uh, sad that he's gone, but in the end, um, it's it's his decision to make uh, that call to to change teams. And yeah, we still have uh, Simon, which he's an amazing guy, and uh, has some nice stories already for from this camp. Just following him around on the climbs and uh, seeing seeing how fast he goes uphill, which is uh, pretty cool to see. Um, see the numbers that he's pushing and his his power, his his weight. Sorry, is um, yeah, pretty impressive. I can't wait to to ride side by side with him this year, and hopefully we can um, have some fun. Just a, a thing on um, Australia. Were you pre-COVID? Were you planning on maybe coming home uh, to start the season back in Australia, or did many of that change for you, or were you always going to stay in Europe? Y yeah, we did plan to come back. Um, at end of the off season, we were pretty much going to. That was we were planned to come back um, and do a whole Aussie summer. I think um, introducing back into the the Aussie team and doing the Aussie summer was was the dream. You know, um, I wanted to to do nationals and down under and even like bakeries and stuff. But um, yeah, obviously that's not possible uh, with all the stuff going on in the world. But yeah, um, that was that was something I was really looking forward to when we were speaking um, in. What was it just before San Remo about uh, about maybe joining the team? Um, that was going to be the first sort of goals of uh, of me being in this team was was the summer in Oz. So um, yeah, it's a little bit heartbreaking not to be able to do that. Um, I haven't been back to Australia since 2017 now. So um, this wow. was going to be this was going to be our trip where we came back. But uh, yeah, that hasn't happened unfortunately. Um, we're stuck here, but. It's okay. Hopefully, we can do it next year. We're having a rubbish weather anyway, so you're not losing much. You know? <laughs> well, that's Melbourne. That's Melbourne we are. Uh, one okay. last question. Uh, what can we sort of wish you for this year? What, When we talk to you at the back end of this season, what, what would you want to be, you know, this season to be? And then what, what could flag it as a, as, a, as a good season for you? I think my goal is to be consistent again. Um, where I think when I was in this team in, I think, 2015 and 16, I was really consistent over the year, um, always getting podiums in, uh, in classics and um, won a stage of the tour. Um, and yeah, I think podium in all the, the worlds that I did. So that's, I think if I can uh, consistently be up there um, fighting for victories, that's, that's my biggest goal and uh, hopefully get some along the way um, would be amazing. But 
um, for the moment, I'm just sort of, yeah, focusing on the process of, of getting to that point um, and, yeah, not thinking about the actual uh, win or something, but focusing on the building to to be able to achieve those goals. But, yeah, if you say at the end of the year, are you happy with, with your year? Um, if I was consistently up there all year with um, my performances, my individual performances, the team performance, then I would be happy. Um, whether it's one win or five wins, I think doesn't really change for me. I don't really cycle for a certain amount of wins. Um, I, I just want to be good the whole year and show what show what I'm made of. And I think in the end, that doesn't come down to the amount of wins or what you win. It's more the rider that you become through the year um, that shines at the end of the year rather than actually results. That that's all um, sounds fantastic, but you can either have the Milan San Remo trophy or the Flanders trophy in your cabinet at the end of the year, which one would you have? You can only have one. <laughs> ah, now you put me on the spot. Um, <laughs> I think well, it would probably have to be uh, from from such a young age, it was always San Remo. Um, seeing Gero and Gossi win it um, those two years and they, yeah, just how everything changed around those guys when they did win the Milan San Remo was it was something special that I would also really like to achieve. Um, but then Flanders is, it's, it's Flanders. There's, there's nothing bigger than this. So yeah, you've really put me in between the a rock and a hard place there. But um, yeah, I think if, if I'm probably going to get attacked by the Flanders fans here, but um, I'd probably say that Milan San Remo personally. Nice one. Cool. Nice we'll, one. we'll take either, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> you think the world changes. We'll take anything. We'll take anything at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, no, I said one last question, but no, that's my last question. Uh, yeah. That's more of a French angle question, but Bardet is moving to your old team. What can he bring to that team? Because we've been debating him mm. and I about being, he needed to get out of AG2R. He needed it. <laughs> what can yeah. that bring to, uh, to the team and to him? Yeah, I think it'll be it'll be interesting. Um, I don't know him personally too well how he goes about his life, but I've heard from Nico Roach that he's quite uh, particular about his work. He knows what he needs to do. Um, he's very straightforward about it. He he's upfront, which is I think works really well in Sunweb. If uh, you're upfront and you can tell them what you need, and they can they can do it for you. Um, but at the same time, if if they're, if they're not agreeing on something, maybe it might be a little bit difficult. But um, I think for his career, I think something needed to change. Um, I think he's so talented, this kid, and he can do much more than what he's shown us the last years for sure. And I think we, start, we actually started professional together the same year. And, um, yeah, I think he showed lots early on. And since then, I think he's had a fair few problems. So hopefully... Yeah, that hopefully Sunweb can get the best out of him, and we can see him uh, flying uphill like he, like he should be doing. And but I, I don't really know what he can bring to the team or what they can bring to him. But I can only wish them both all the best. And I think it, it can't go bad. Um, it, it was not got like you say. He needed to change from AG to R. He needed a new spark, a new flame. And I think um, when a lot of guy, a lot of new guys go to Sunweb, they do shine straight away. So. Um, hopefully I can wish him all the best and that he can um, yeah, shine like he should be. Yeah, I'm still puzzled if I should add him to my, uh, you know, my virtual team in my... <laughs> yeah, mate, just, just pause on that. Just hold <laughs> out. Just hold out. Cool. Thank yeah. you, Michael. That was Thanks, uh, Michael. brilliant talking to you. And then uh, yeah. best of luck for, for this year. All right. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Thanks, mate.
And this was the uh, Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, it feels like home. Oh, I, feel, I feel like, you know what? I've been missing it. I feel like we're just getting me? the year no. <laughs> that much. Yeah. Missing the camera more. No, <laughs> it feels good. feels good. We're, we are very close to getting the season underway. And you know what? We're still getting the season underway here in Australia. It's a Absolutely. little bit different, but it is nice that we get to see some of our best talent, uh, young talent in, yeah. here in Australia. And also we see how badly it's actually going or went in other parts of the world. Mm. So it's actually great. I believe you've been to some live sport recently. Yes. It's great to have live sport but oh, with public. Some sort of COVID normal, but yes. normal a little bit. It was pretty normal. It felt yeah. pretty good, i got to say. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. And thank you for joining us. Yeah. This was the uh, Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Before we go, uh, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to this podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash central or log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Until next time, it's bye for now. Before we go, a quick shout out to Zwift, the app that turns indoor training into a game. Getting started on Zwift is easy. You just need your bike, a trainer, and your PC, Mac, or Apple device. Zwift offers training plans, interval workouts, and a global community. Get strong and get motivated with every ride. Give people a ride on, and you're sure to get one back, as together you enjoy the massive benefits of social indoor training. Go to Zwift.com today and start your free trial.